Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Thank you for choosing to join us this morning. We're going to keep the, the youth in here this morning. Uh, uh, because I think this uh, message is really relevant to all of us. And, you know, I hope that, I know that during the Christmas season we're focused on the birth of Jesus and all of that, but, but I hope that we will continue to stay focused on Him and, and uh, keep Him in our hearts and, and grow in our relationship with the Lord, not just at Christmas and uh, Resurrection Sunday. Um, I wanted to share my heart uh, about a couple of things before I jump into the message. The, the Lord has been speaking to our church family, and uh, most of you know this. In 2019, the Lord told us that we're in a reset. And I think these words that the Lord has been giving us are for us as a church. I think they're for us individually, but I think they're also for the corporate uh, body of Christ as well. And so in 2019, before COVID really hit, the Lord spoke to us said that we are in a reset. And, of course, at that time, we were in a reset regarding our, move, our, our building situation and all of that. Uh, but in, 2020 of, of, uh, in May of 2020, the, the Lord spoke to us again a couple of weeks before the George Floyd incident. And the word was, the world as we know it will soon come to an end. And I think we can look back over the past year and see how things have radically changed. And I don't know that they will ever go back to the way they were before. And then in May of uh, this year of 2021, the Lord gave us another word, prepare. And the first two words that he gave us, I think, were informational and instructional. But I think this last word in May of this year was it was informational, but I think it was more instructional for us as a church, as a body of Christ, to, to prepare. And one of the ways that we do that is we continue to grow in our relationship with the Lord and we press into that place with Him. As believers, we can and we should be making a huge impact in the world around us, not only just here in America, but also in the world around us. And through... Um, your giving and your faithful support, we're supporting ministries that are impacting people across the globe. And so we're not only making an impact here in Kemal League City, Baycliffe, Seabrook, uh, League City, this, this community that we're in, but also we're impacting people across the globe. And one of the, the other ways that we impact people is not only by our giving and, and, and uh, enabling people to bring the gospel, the good news of Christ to others, but also for praying for one another and, and fasting. And so this morning I'm starting a, a series called Fasting. And uh, the topic this morning is how do I fast? And I know many of us have fasted before, but I think this is a good reminder I, I spoke with someone recently that goes to our church, and uh, we were talking about the fast, the upcoming fast that I've been telling you about for a couple of months to prepare for, and they said, I'm afraid. I said, why are you afraid? And, and they're like, well, I've never fasted before. And I said, listen, there's nothing to be afraid of. Have you ever had to have blood work done, and maybe you have to fast for 10 or 12 hours? I mean, you probably survived that, right? Um, but it's, it's a, great, uh, a great discipline for all of us. It's, it's a spiritual discipline for all of us. And, and we shouldn't get legalistic or ritualistic about it, but there's no need to get nervous about it either. And don't be afraid. Uh, fasting is a physical act that produces spiritual results. And I thought about this last night. I thought I should probably have changed the slide a little bit, but let me say it this way. Biblical fasting is a physical act that produces spiritual results because you can fast and people do fast, you know, before you go to the doctor and have blood work done. And that may not really produce spiritual results, but it should be a given that when I'm talking about fasting here, I'm talking about biblical fasting. People fast to, uh, you know, cleanse toxins from their body and stuff like that and, and for dietary reasons. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm talking about today and what we'll be talking about over the next few weeks is, is a, 
fasting for a spiritual purpose, not just to lose weight or for a dietary purpose. So fasting is really a beautiful experience. And when I fasted in the past, it, it's been a, a wonderful time. I don't always uh, hear, get these great revelations from the Lord or lightning and thunder coming down and all of these kinds of things. But it's, uh, many times it's just this personal, quiet time with Him. And so when we're fasting, we're not just talking about not eating. We're talking about, more importantly, spending time with the Lord. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful experience. And I know whenever I come off, especially ex an extended fast, I'm always a little bit sad because I've had this intimate time with Him, and, and it's, it's going to be ending. But if Life Fellowship is your home church, I'm asking you to join us in a season of prayer and fasting, uh, seeking the Lord starting January 2nd through the 23rd. Now, I'm not asking everyone to fast for 21 days. Uh, I'm going to try to fast as much as I can during that period, but I am asking everyone to fast sometime, take some time to fast during that, that time. And if, if you're praying about it and, and you say, well, the Lord's not telling me, I would encourage you to pray some more. Uh, because I really feel like if, if you're part of this body, we need to fast and pray. There's a lot of things that we have going on, you know, about the property, and we're praying about the, building the building and all of those kinds of things. Uh, you all have uh, individual things going on in your life, uh, in your lives, your family and things like that. We certainly need to be praying for this country. Uh, we need to be praying for believers all over the world. There are plenty of things to be praying about. And there's something that happens when we fast and pray. Our sensitivity to the Lord goes up. Our, our physical sensitivity goes up as well. Um, but, but anyway, I, I want us to really press into the Lord during this, this next 21-day season and really seek the Lord. And, and fasting is, is, I don't know, there's an element, there's a dynamic that happens when we fast and our sensitivity increases to the Lord. Biblical fasting is refraining from eating food and intentionally seeking the Lord for a period of time. And so when I'm talking about fasting again, this is what we're talking about, that we intentionally seek the Lord because if, if, we're, if we're just not eating, if we're fasting, but we're not seeking the Lord, we're just fasting, we're just dieting. But the important part is that we seek the Lord. And I found that when, when, whenever we fast, it really lays the platform or lays the foundation to, to, for our sensitivity and hearing the Spirit talk to us. Uh, I know we've all probably heard about a Daniel fast. What is a Daniel fast? Israel was taken captive, captive by the Babylonians, and they took some of the brightest... Uh, young men that, that they had taken captive, and they were allowing them, they were grooming them, they were teaching them the culture, and they were grooming them. Uh, these young men were eating from the, king, the king's table. Uh, it was probably, you know, a step up for some of these guys. They were probably thinking, man, now that we're in captivity, we're eating better than we did before we were captives. But Daniel came to the, the steward, the, the person over them, and said, look, this is, this is not the kind of food that we eat. This is not what we find is healthy for us. So can we abstain from eating the, the food, the rich food from the king's table and uh, eat what we would normally eat? And basically, uh, he was saying, we don't want to eat any sweets, no meat, no alcohol. And basically, the Daniel fast is a vegetarian diet. And uh, so, you know, it's not, it's not really a fast, though, because <laughs> if you're eating, you're not fasting, right? And uh, I, I know some churches and some Christians, some people say, well, I'm on a Daniel fast. And that's okay. I mean, that, you know, if you want to, uh, it's, it's an element of sacrifice, I guess, where you're, you're not eating pizza and, and cake and ice cream and things like that. But it's not really a fast. And so what I'm asking all of us to do is really fast. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as we go into this. We'll be looking at Matthew chapter 3 and Hebrews 4. And again, if you have the Bible app, you can 
uh, find all these scriptures and, and uh, points there in the Bible app. So my first point this morning is pray. And we're talking about fasting. What's the first thing we need to do? We need to pray and ask the Lord what he wants us to do. Um, I know I've spoken with Pastor Don, and he's probably the only person that I know of that's fasted 40 days, I think three or four times. Uh, that's quite, quite a feat, and, and I would not recommend anybody fast for that long without clearly hearing from the Lord. Uh, but he told me that this year in 2021, he was going to fast 20 weeks. Now, that's not consecutively, of course, but he was, I don't, so I, I didn't talk uh, to him a lot about how he was doing that. I don't know if he's, I think he may be fasting a week and then coming off the fast for a week and the, because he travels a lot and he has a lot of things going on. Sometimes you can't uh, do your normal routine when you do an extended fast. And so I'm not sure what he's doing, how he's doing that, but he's doing 20 weeks, at least 20 weeks this year. And so one of the things that you can do is pray and ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? Okay? Pastor Mark is asking us to fast, and so I want to know your heart. Do you want me to fast for four days, for 10 days, for 12 days? What does that look like? Um, you, can, you can do things like fast maybe one week. The first week you, you fast three days a week. The second week you, you fast four days. Uh, the last week you fast five days. Uh, what Pastor Christine has done from time to time is she'll eat breakfast. The first week she'll eat breakfast and lunch and fast dinner, not eat dinner. And then the second week she'll eat breakfast and fast or not eat lunch and dinner. And then the third week maybe do a full fast. So I'm not, trying, I'm not here to tell you what to do or how to do that. I want you to seek the Lord and, uh, and do what he's asking you to do. But in addition to fasting food, the key, the real key, is that we're spending time with the Lord. That's really the heart and the desire. And I know that even when I'm doing a full fast, I can almost get off, get distracted by saying, okay, I've got to, you know, I'm going to fast for these 21 days. And, but the, and the, the key is that we're spending time with the Lord. Not that we're getting caught up in how many days we're fasting or any of that. So maybe you want to turn off the TV. I don't know what the average uh, person, how, how much time the average person spends watching TV, but it, probably a lot more than what we would imagine. And so if we turn off the TV and maybe just spend some time with the Lord, it's refreshing to our soul to spend time. Go sit on the back porch. Go sit on the patio and just spend some time with the Lord. How often do we do that? Because of our busy schedule, we're just running, 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 running. And so during this season, we can, we can deliberately determine that we're going to take some time to not only fast and pray, but sometimes it's good just to go sit and rest in the Lord's presence. You don't have to talk to Him. You don't have to present a, a whole laundry list of petitions and, and things that, that you want from Him. It's wonderful sometimes just to go and sit before the Lord and relax, put on some praise and worship music. Sometimes I just like it silence. I, just, I don't want any worship music because I'm thinking of the music. I'm thinking of the drums. I'm thinking of, and, and some, but sometimes I'm engaged in worship. But sometimes it's nice just to sit in the still, the quietness of the Lord's presence. And so... Um, you know, the other thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to stop eating sweets and drinking Cokes and eating ice cream and Hostess cupcakes and all that stuff. Jesus and the others, the other uh, leaders, that, you know, we see biblical examples of this, but Jesus and others often fasted, especially when they needed to connect with the Lord. So whenever you have an important decision before you, it's a, that's a good thing to do, fast and pray and ask the Lord and get alone with him. Uh, Jesus went through trials and temptations that Satan presented as a man. He dem Jesus demonstrated that we can be victorious over temptations and over Satan too. Let's go to Matthew chapter 3. And this is where John the Baptist has just baptized Jesus, uh, Matthew three sixteen and 17. After his baptism, after he baptized Jesus, 
as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. So sometimes you'll hear that the Holy Spirit came as a dove. Well, it, the word says that it wasn't a dove. It was um, the Spirit of God descended like a dove, okay? Um, and a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Matthew 4, 2. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. So Jesus was about to enter into his, his uh, public ministry, and he was about to enter into spiritual warfare. Jesus, as I talked about last week, was fully God and fully man. And Jesus did not overcome the temptations of Satan by using supernatural power as God. He, he overcame by the word of God, and by, the, by his own word, and, uh, and, and as a man. And so again, uh, Jesus went through all the temptations that we will ever go through, and even more. But he was victorious. He was without sin. He never sinned. So again, my first point is, as we prepare for this season of prayer and fasting, pray and ask the Lord what he wants you to do, and then just obey. My second point is prepare. We need to prepare spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. And, uh, you know, when, when the Lord asks us to do something, we need to be faithful in, in doing it. Because our flesh, and I'll talk a little bit more about this in, in a minute, but our flesh is a very strong contender. Our flesh what, wants what it wants. And so we need to, to take authority over ourselves and say, no, uh, uh, you're going to submit flesh, you're going to submit to what I'm telling you to do. Um, a good example of that, some of you have heard the story before, I'd fasted for a number of days early, you know, early in my, my Christian walk, and uh, my sensitivity, well, let me say this first, whenever we're going to fast, we prepare, so we try to drink up all the milk and, you know, eat the bread and all the ice cream and all that kind of stuff to prepare for the fast, right? <laughs> And so we were coming to the end of our fast, and I think this, this particular fast had been for about nine days, something like that. So I was quite hungry. And so I walked into HEB, and the doors opened up, and man, I could smell the aroma of the oranges and the fruit and the vegetables. And as I walked down the aisle and I turned on the end cap, there was a, a, a bunch of Hostess cupcake cookies. I mean, uh, cupcakes right there, a box of cupcakes, right? You, they sell them, what, an eight or 12 or, you know, pack. And my flesh was like, just rip them open and eat a couple of them. You can pay for them when you get to the counter. I'm like, shut up, flesh, or you'll go another week. And so our flesh is a strong contender. Many times when we're hungry, our body wants what it wants. And so we need to prepare ourselves and say, okay, I've, this is what the Lord is telling me to do, and I'm going to prepare. I'm going to commit to this. So let me read on here in Matthew, 2, uh, Matthew 4, 2 through 11. For 40 days and nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came to him, came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Verse 4, but Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse 5, then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if you are the son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And Jesus responded, and the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. And Jesus replied, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and Angels came and took care of Jesus. So another thing that I want to say this morning is Satan will mess with you by creating doubt. Um, 
And maybe some of you have struggled with this, or maybe you know people that have struggled with Satan causing, trying to cause doubt. Are you, are you really good enough to be saved? You think God really loves you? Look at all the things you've done. Do you, do you really think that you're good enough to be saved? Remember when you... And so the enemy will, will try to tr trick us up and, and trap us and, and get us to think that we're not worthy. Well, we're not worthy, but it's through the blood of Christ when we receive him that we become righteous. And, you know, I, you may have heard this before, but when Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. <laughs> so doubt and pride are two of Satan's most effective tools. He doesn't have to have a lot of tools because the ones that he uses work very effectively. Don't buy into his lies. Yeah, yeah, I've made a mistake, but you know what? It's covered by the blood. I've asked forgiveness, and I'm not worthy to receive his love, but his grace and mercy is greater than my sin and my worthiness. Amen. Amen. Think about Eve um, in the garden where Satan comes to her and says, did God say that you couldn't eat of any of the trees in the garden? Well, that's not what he said. He said you can eat freely. God told them they could eat freely of all the trees in the garden, just this one that, that they couldn't eat from. And so the enemy will try to trip us up and try to twist things around that God has said or that his word says and, and he even tries this with Jesus. He says, if you really are the Son of God. And really? He knew who he was. And he's asking the one who created everything. A couple of weeks ago, we, we read in John uh, chapter 1, verse 4, well, 1 through 14, where everything was created, created by him and for him and through Jesus. And the Word became flesh. Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. And so... Even, even Jesus, Satan was trying to trip up. And I think he was trying to see how secure Jesus was in his position and his relationship. And Jesus was like, no, you're, you're nothing. But Satan will mess with us by tempting us in our weaknesses. Uh, Satan tempted Jesus in his hunger. Imagine fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And the scripture says that he was very hungry. Um, I don't want to mess you up here, but I may. Uh, when, if you do an extended fast, you're going to be thinking about food occasionally. Don't watch the food channel, okay? <laughs> um, so I was thinking about Jesus being so hungry. And uh, I was thinking, we happened to be at Olive Garden. And I was thinking about those breadsticks, hot, buttery, with perfect amount of salt on them. And I was thinking, gosh, how tempting would that be? I mean, it's, I was tempted right then, even though I wasn't fasting. But, you know, so as you, as you go into your fast, you're going to be thinking about food. But be committed to whatever the Lord is leading you to do and know that, that you'll get through it. Uh, so I can only imagine what it would have been like. Well, I probably can't imagine what it would be like to fast for 40 days. Uh, I think it was last year or the year before. I said, well, I'm, I'm going to fast 21 days. But you know what? I, I may try to go 30. Well, about 15 days in, I'm like, I think 21 is, is going to be more than enough. <laughs> I don't think God's calling me to fast 30. And so, again, the important thing is that we pray and we seek the Lord about that. But back to Jesus here and what's going on. Uh, Jesus quotes Scripture, and, and he's telling when Satan is saying, well, look, if you're really God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus didn't have to do that. He didn't have to prove anything to Satan. And he says, no, the Scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So every temptation that Satan would throw at Jesus, he quoted Scripture to refute what the enemy was trying to do. Satan's next ploy was, if you're really the Son of God, again, I mean, you don't know this, you do know this. 
jump off this high place. The angels will protect you. And Jesus quotes Scripture again. He says, the Scriptures say you must not test the Lord your God. Again, Jesus was secure in his position and who he was. Satan tried to see if he was really prideful or insecure. Prove your God. And Jesus was like, I don't have to prove anything to you. And next, Satan showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and I will give it to you all if you'll kneel down and worship me. And Jesus told him, get out of here. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. One of Satan's most effective traps is pride and insecurity. Insecurity is a form of pride. Oh, look at this painting I gave you. Oh, that's beautiful. Do you really like it? Is it, is it isn't it really wonderful? Isn't, isn't it? Isn't it? Give me more. We're like that. We tend to be like that. Now, I know that we all need encouragement from time to time, but we shouldn't be dependent on others' accolades for who we are. We shouldn't need their affirmation. Again, we all need to be encouraged, and there's nothing wrong with encouraging one another. But, but our lives should not be dependent on what other people think about us or how well we perform for them or whatever. What we should be concerned with is what does our Heavenly Father think about us? What about that relationship? So we don't need to be insecure, but insecurity is a form of pride. I know because I've, I've lived that. I've had situations in my life where I was insecure. And, I've, and, and I can recognize it in other people because I know what it's like to go through that. And so Jesus wasn't tempted by pride or insecurity, and we shouldn't be tempted by those things either. So my first point is pray. Let's ask the Lord what he wants us to do. My second point is to prepare spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. I'll tell you, if, if you've never fasted before, it's not easy because your flesh is a viable contender that doesn't want you to, 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 to fast. But if we're committed to what the Lord's told us to do and, and we, we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, he will lead us and guide us. Fasting is hard because our flesh is strong. Fasting is easier when we understand that we can tell our flesh to submit. Like when I walked into HEB and I saw those, those hostess cupcakes, I could have picked them up and ripped them open and, and eat about four or five of them. But no. So we know that the fruit of the Spirit is resident in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and, oh, what's that last one? Mm, Self-control. Again, I don't want us to get legalistic or religious about this thing, but there are spiritual disciplines that we need to have in our lives. And fasting and prayer are two of those things. Spending time with the Lord, worshiping, those are spiritual disciplines that we need to implement in our lives. And once you know what the Lord is asking you to do during the season, determine to obey. I know that the Lord is calling me to fast for 21 days, so I'm going to obey. Now, uh, the other thing is when you're going to do an extended fast, purchase accordingly. In other words, plan ahead. Don't go buy three gallons of milk the week before you're going to fast. It's not going to last. Or, or, or at least have things on hand that you're going to need. Like if you want to drink bottled water, make sure you have plenty of bottled water. Maybe have some real fruit juice, not that sugar water stuff, right? Have some good, healthy fruit juice. Maybe have some broths and some liquid soups to come off your fast. Or if you're doing an extended fast, you may need some... Uh, you may need a boost throughout that time. There are times when, when I'll drink a little bit of juice over ice or, or with my water. Maybe uh, I like to break my fast with toast and put a little bit of butter on there and some honey. And then I'll, uh, I'll make some hot lemon tea with some fresh lemon juice in there and honey. I mean, that's just kind of what I do. And, I, you know, it may be different for you. But... Uh, but prepare. I mean, think about what you're going to do and plan for it. And then remove, uh, purchase accordingly and remove accordingly. Remove the tempting foods. 
all the ice cream and cake and sodas and all those kinds of things so that they're not even in the house to tempt you with. And uh, the other thing I want to say is that we're more tempted or we're more vulnerable to temptation when we're tired, when we're stressed, when we're weak. So that's just, uh, you know, that's not necessarily when we're just fasting, but, but anytime. Jesus provides some great examples for us to follow. Jesus was building himself up spiritually, not physically. So my first point, again, is pray. Ask the Lord what he wants you to do. Second point is to prepare physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And then the third point is press through. Fasting is hard. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. But be committed to follow through. Focus on spending time with the Lord, though. That's the key. And I want to reiterate a couple of things I said earlier. Satan will mess with you by creating doubt. Satan will mess with you by tempting you in your areas of weakness. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. You guys okay? All right. <laughs> Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Verse 15, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. And again, Jesus was fully God and fully man, but he went through the same testings that we did, that we go through. Because when it comes time for us to pray and say, Lord, will you help me? Jesus, will you help me? He's, he knows the temptations that we've been through. Because he was able to go through those same temptations victoriously and, and without sin. Not like us. <laughs> we succumb to the temptations sometime. How many times has your flesh told you, just one more time? Just one more time. And you get down the road and it's like, well, this is like a hundredth time. It wasn't one more time. It was two, three, four, a hundred the flesh is a strong contender, and we have to, the Word says that we are to cause our flesh to submit to us. It's not the tail wagging the dog. It shouldn't be the tail wagging the dog, but we determine. And that's why the Word says when we walk in the Spirit, we will not feel, fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that's not just sexual lust or immorality. It could be anything. It, it, it's anything that's going to take us away from the heart of God. And we need to know what the heart of God is. And one of the ways that we can do that is through prayer. And then when we fast, there's a level of sensitivity that we get to the Lord. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Verse 16, I love this verse. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace. The throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We can come boldly to his throne to receive mercy and grace. There are times in our lives when we're like, man, Lord, I, I, I really need some mercy and grace right now. Lord God, I really blew this conversation. I really blew this. I need some mercy and grace right now. Will you help me? Will you forgive me? Will you help me to forgive that person that, that's hurt me? Or will you help me to go to them and ask forgiveness? Back to verse 15. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Jesus created everything, including Satan. Through his access, through his power as God, he could have blown Satan away. But he handled the temptations with Satan in the same manner in which we must. Jesus went through the same things that we've gone through and even more, but he did not sin. And what did Jesus do? He fasted and prayed. He was totally secure in his relationship with the Father. Think about how many times we read in Scripture where Jesus separated himself, and went and prayed. 
when he fasted. Think about the heroes of the faith, that they would fast and pray and seek the Lord. So we have some great examples here of what we can do when we're facing challenges. When we, even when we're not facing challenges, there are times during the year where I'll, just, I'll wake up one, one morning and I'll say, you know what, I think I'm going to fast today. I just really feel in my spirit that I need to spend some time with the Lord today. And I may, it may be an undetermined amount of time. I may say, uh, my wife may say, well, how long are you going to fast? I don't, I'm not sure. And I may fast for a day or two, or I may fast for three or four hours, or I may fast, you know, until dinner. It just, you know, just whatever I feel like the Lord is wanting me to do until I come to that place of, of feeling, feeling like I've spent time with the Lord and, and I've gotten the answer or maybe the release to go ahead and eat. But again, the key is that we're spending time with Him. And uh, uh, as I mentioned, I, I'm going to attempt to do a full water fast, but I may have a little water or ju um, a little juice with my water or some juice over ice. I may have some hot tea, hot lemon tea with honey, or some broth, or I may have some toast. And I'm not, uh, please hear me, I'm, I'm not trying to be braggadocious here by any means. I'm just trying to give you some examples. But I think last year, uh, during the 21-day, I probably drank, over that 21-day period, I, I probably drank about a gallon of, of juice with water and maybe had a, a bowl of soup over that 21-day period and uh, maybe four or five pieces of toast. You need to listen to your body, okay? And if, you're, if you feel like you're really getting weak and you need some strength, then maybe you need to have a little juice or you need to have something. But uh, don't let your flesh talk you out of it. Don't listen to your flesh. Listen to your body. You understand the difference? You listen to your body, not your flesh, because your flesh will say, okay, well, you fasted for two hours. It's time for some cupcakes now. <laughs> And so you want to, to take time to, to seek the Lord and, and be wise. Um, if, if you're diabetic or, or something like that, uh, I was talking with Lewis. He was saying that he talked to his doctor, and his doctor said that you can have some yogurt, some plain yogurt, and maybe put a, a teaspoon of honey in there or something like that. The thing is, you don't want to go eat a bunch of sugar and ramp yourself up. Uh, if you drink caffeine, if you drink a lot of caffeine, you may have 12, 24 hours where you have a little bit of a headache because your body is saying, hey, where's the caffeine? What's up? I want my caffeine. I want it now. I want it, or you're going to get a headache. Come on. You're, I'm telling you, your body is a, a very viable force. So your, your body may be rebelling because you're not feeding it what it wants, the caffeine. Fasting also reveals how influential our flesh is. <laughs> you will see if you've never fasted before. But it's okay. You know, this is part of the, the, the process. And, and although this is secondary or tertiary, it's good for us to fast every once in a while and get those toxins out of our system. And again, that's not the primary reason we're doing this. We're doing this to connect with the Lord and hear from Him. And commit to, to spending time with him. It's also important to have some discussion with your family. I would encourage the, the teenagers and, and the children to even fast. Now, I'm not saying make them fast for a week. But they need to establish some disciplines in their lives. They have challenges. What does Proverbs 22, 6 says? Train up your children in the ways of the Lord, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. So we as parents and grandparents, we can be... Uh, demonstrating to our children and grandchildren what fasting is about, why we fast, and uh, help instill those disciplines in our children as well because they have challenges. They have things. They're, they're not always going to be a teenager or a child. And so what are they going to grow? Are they going to grow up with, with some of these disciplines? And are they going to know what fasting is about? What about when they're, they're at the age where they're going to get married? Dad, I, I think I'm, I'm going to marry, I want to marry this person. Well, son, let, let's fast and pray about that. Dad, I, I, I'm, I, I don't know if I should take this job or I don't know if I should go to this college. I don't know. Well, let's fast and pray about it. We're, we're establishing something 
in our own lives. We're establishing something in our children's lives that they need. Because they need to, they're going to have to stand on their own one day. That's what we do as parents, right? We train up our children, not so that they become successful teenagers, but that they become successful adults. And they've been given the, the foundation, and they know how to navigate through the challenges of life. They may not know everything, but they know the basics of, of when they're facing a challenge, they can pray. And, and they can fast and they can seek the Lord. Those are the key things that we need to be, some of the key things we need to be teaching our children. So it's an important part to, to have a discussion with your family. And men, you're the leaders of the home. Say, hey, let's have, we're going to have a family meeting here. And uh, I want us to fast and, and pray and spend some time with the Lord. So let, let's talk about this. Let's talk about how we're going to do this, how we're going to handle this. I know that Pastor Christine and I were talking this morning on the way to church, and, and uh, we were talking about how much time it takes to prepare a meal, clean up everything. It takes a lot of time to go to the grocery store and buy all the stuff. You're going to find that when you're fasting, you have more time. So utilize the time to spend time with the Lord, not just to watch another TV program. Again, the, the goal is that we spend time with Him. The other thing that's important is keep a journal. Record the things that the Lord is saying to you. I have a journal from back when we uh, began Life Fellowship, and I don't go back and read what, uh, what's in my journal very often, but there are benchmarks along the way, like the, the words that the Lord's given us the last three years. We're in a reset. The world as we know it will soon come to an end. Prepare. And so during their fasting season, really during your life, you should have a journal. Because there are times when the Lord may speak to you, wake you up in the middle of the night, or maybe uh, while you're at work, begin to speak to you, and you can write in that journal. There were times uh, when I was at work where the Lord was speaking to me, and I'd get a napkin and I'd write it, write it down. And then when I got home, I would write it in my journal. So I had a record. Of it, Because many times we can go back and be strongly encouraged by what the Lord's told us. And, and so I encourage all of us to keep a journal, not just when we're fasting, but in your daily life. And I think uh, back to the fasting part, I think that the first 24 hours are, are usually the hardest. If you're going to have caffeine withdrawals, that's when you'll have those things. Um, the other thing that I do, and I'm, I'm just giving you some examples of what I do. Now, you, you may want to do something different, but I normally begin my fast around 6 o'clock in the evening. And so whenever I come off my fast, when I hit 6, six o'clock that evening, then, I, then I'll usually break that fast with like some toast uh, with a little bit of butter and some honey on it and, and some hot lemon tea with fresh lemon in it and some, some honey and, uh, uh, you know, that's how I come off my fast. And that works for me. So, for instance, if I were going to fast five days, uh, I might begin my fast on Monday night at 6 and then eat again on Saturday night. So uh, Tuesday would be day one, right? That would be 24 hours. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at 6, I would maybe come off my fast. Uh, you always want to come off gradually. You don't want to go eat a bunch of enchiladas and fried chicken and stuff like that, okay? <laughs> you want to gradually come off the fast. And, uh, and what I've found, too, is that you build your strength up pretty quickly once you begin to eat. Uh, say if you're going to do a three-day fast. Maybe you start in the middle of the week, maybe Wednesday evening, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and begin to come off the fast on Saturday night and then begin to gradually eat more on Sunday. And then by Monday, by the time you go to work or whatever, you're, you've got your strength back. Um, and again, it's really important. When you break your fast, come off your fast lightly. Don't, don't eat something real heavy. You don't want to eat like a T-bone steak or something like that. And uh, end your fast with prayer and worship and reflection. This is not, hey, let's hurry up and get through this thing so I can go eat something. Take some time to pray. Whenever, whenever I'm coming off the fast, 
like I mentioned, it's kind of a sad time for me because I've had this intimate time with the Lord, and I don't want to rush out of that. And so I'll just spend some time in prayer, and I'll just ask the Lord, Lord, is there something else you want to say to me before I end this fast? And maybe you want to spend some time in worship. I like to just spend some reflection time, just some quiet time. I say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm ending this fast, and I want to hear from you. Is there anything left that you want to say to me, that you want to do in my heart? So pray, ask the Lord what he wants to do, prepare physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, talk with your family, have a plan, and then press through. Because there's something that happens in the spiritual realm when we fast and pray. I don't think we fully grasp or understand the spiritual warfare that takes place when we do these things. You know, the Bible says that one day we'll see Satan and we'll be like, really? Him? This? This is Satan? This is the one that created all these problems and all? Him? When we realize the authority, the dominion, the power of the Holy Spirit that we have living inside of us, I don't want us to, to get to that place and say, oh, wow, I didn't realize that I could have been victorious. I didn't realize the power and the authority through Christ that I had that I never allocated, that I never used because I didn't understand. And so when we fast and pray, we are built up. Jude 20 says, pray in the Spirit at all times. We're built up when we're praying in our prayer language. Listen, you are powerful through Christ. All of us are powerful. If one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. There's power when we come together in unity and oneness, and we're moving in one accord. And so as we're praying together, as we're fasting and praying, and we're hearing from the Lord individually and corporately, God is preparing us. God gave us this word in May of this year, prepare. And I don't think he was saying get prepared. He was saying prepare to blow the shofar, prepare to go into battle, prepare to press forward, prepare to pull out the sword of the word and go after it. Take back the territory that's been stolen. Bring those into the kingdom of God that have walked away. Bring those into the kingdom of, of God that don't have a relationship with Jesus. That's what God's called us to do, to live this victorious life through Christ, but also to make a difference in the world around us. And as we fast and we pray and we say, God, I'm serious about my relationship with you. I'm serious about what you've called me to do. Place on my mind people that you want me to minister to. Show me how I can effectively share the hope and the love of Christ with them. That they can be set free from their addictive behaviors or these crazy lifestyles or whatever it may be. So prepare. Ask the Lord to prepare your hearts and then press through. Take some time. Listen, this could be the matter of life and death for people that we're praying for. We don't know the power and the impact of our prayers. And so as we see a car accident, we're, we're driving down the street. We don't know what to pray. We begin to pray in our prayer language, and we're, we begin to speak life and blessings over the people in that car accident. That we begin to pray, Lord God, if they don't know you, let them come into a relationship with you, and you never know how the Lord's going to work. That maybe our prayers are doing something in the heavenly realm, and maybe through this accident they will come to know the Lord. The prayers of a righteous man or woman availeth much. They do much good. Yes. We're praying, and the atmosphere is changing. We're worshiping, and the atmosphere around us is changing. So, we'll be starting our fast on January 2nd. We'll go through the 23rd, and again, I'm not asking anyone to fast for 21 days, but I am asking everyone, if this is your home church, to pray 
and ask the Lord and fast and join us. And if you don't have anything to pray for, pray for me. <laughs> but we have a lot of things that we can be praying for. The, the direction for the building. How big of a building do we need to build? Things are so crazy right now. Things are crazy. But I know God has given us this beautiful piece of property, and, and uh, he's placed us there for a purpose and reason. And so we just want to know what his heart is. Frankly, I don't care. I don't care how big of a building we build. I don't care about that. But what I care about is what he wants. And so we need to know his heart. And you've got things going on in your life too. Family dynamics and, and all kinds of stuff. So fast and pray and commit. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with the Lord or you've walked away and you want to rededicate your life to him, slip up your hand and catch my eye. Anybody here? Anybody here this morning? Maybe online you're saying, Pastor Mark, that's me. Just say this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I receive your grace, your mercy, and your forgiveness today. And I thank you for this new beginning. I thank you for this fresh start. And I, I ask you to help me in my new walk with you, in this new relationship. I pray that you would guide me, that you would help me to forgive those who've hurt me, that you would help me to go ask forgiveness for those I've hurt, whatever it may be, whatever the Lord has for you. Just pray that you would help me in my challenges. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, I want to pray one more prayer for you. Lord God, I pray for the baptism and the fire of the Holy Spirit to wash over everyone that prayed that prayer, Lord God. That the sensitivity to your spirit would increase. And that as they read your word, your word would come alive. As they spend time in prayer, they would hear your small, still voice speaking to their hearts. And Lord God, that you would just pour into them, fill them with a greater measure of your presence and of your love. And so we pray these prayers with great expectation.